0: Hi, my name is Annie and I will be reading the scripture passage for this week, which comes from first John chapter five verses one to twenty in ESV. Feel free to follow along in your own Bibles or with the passage on the screen. Once again, first John chapter five verses one to twenty. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and obey His commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world, except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is He who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not by the water only, but by the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater, for this is the testimony of God that he has borne concerning his Son. Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe God has made him a liar, because he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning his Son. If anyone sees his brother committing a sin not leading to death, he shall ask, and God will give him life, to those who commit sins that do not lead to death. There is sin that leads to death. I do not say that one should pray for that. All wrongdoing is sin, but there is sin that does not lead to death. We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning, but he who is born of God protects him, and the evil one does not touch him. We know that we are from God, and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding, so that we may know Him who is true, and we are in Him who is true, in His Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. The Word of the Lord.
1: Good morning, everyone. Welcome again to our worship service. I am Pastor Paul, and I will be sharing our message for today. And it's great that you can join us once again in this virtual worship and I know it's been a, a long week for many of us. It's been a, a very eventful week for our country. And I pray and hope that this time together will be a time of blessing and refreshing and where you will experience, experience God's spirit uh, in your midst this morning. So we are continuing in our series through the book, through the letters of First John. And our series is called Walking Like Jesus. We believe that walking like Jesus is what these letters are all about. And so, um, so far in 1 John, we see that John uh, has spoken much of loving one another and of obeying God. And this happens when we walk like Christ because we receive Christ's love. And that leads us to obey uh, God and to love others. And in this chapter, we see uh, this emphasis um, that much more. And and we see this emphasis of how obedience and love is actually tied together with faith. But uh, he hasn't really dug too deeply into this idea of faith until now. And we see flashes of it throughout uh, this letter so far. uh, When he talks about uh, abiding in his word and uh, when he talks about how we need to be born of God. These are all about having faith as well. Um, But today we're going to see the true ramifications of it because this chapter is all about faith and how that ties into love and obedience. And John says the key to overcoming the world is faith because faith precedes love and obedience. We first receive the Holy Spirit and are reborn or born again, which comes from verse 1, which says, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. We already have been born once through our mother's womb, but now we are born again or regenerated when we receive Christ's love. So that is what this chapter is talking about here. And that is all about having uh our lives in Christ and being in Christ and 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 receiving this uh with faith. So before we continue, let's let's pray and and let's dig deeper into what this means for us. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we pray for your word to be uh in ingrained in our hearts, Lord, to, for your spirit to move in us, Lord, through your word. And we pray that we can understand uh, faith and how it uh, precedes um, love and obedience. And help us to be renewed or refreshed by this truth, to know that we can have faith in you and trust in you and know that you are a good God, doing good things for us. So Lord, during these difficult times, we pray and trust in you that much more. So may your spirit move in our hearts here this morning and Lord may your word just move in a mighty powerful way in Jesus name we pray amen Uh William Lane Craig is a professor a a Christian professor and a theologian and he's most famous for def- being a the big defender of our faith and and what we call a uh, a apologetics a professor And so he he posed a question once um, just as a thought experiment, a thought experiment, can we be good without God? And the conclusion he ultimately came to is that without going too deeply into the philosophical argument, I don't want to dig into that too much, but also, essentially what he came up with was that without God, objective moral values could not possibly exist again, without God, objective moral values could not exist. And that's because it simply comes it would simply come from human ethics uh, without God, moral values would come from us, from humans, deciding amongst ourselves what is good and He argues that that uh way of forming ethics would be flawed. It's basically trying to grasp morality out of out of thin air uh w- without god we we can we cannot really know how love, how to love or how to obey. We would just be making these things up. And essentially, we can't be good or do good without God because we need God to provide the moral values in us. And without that, good and bad become so subjective and there's no standard. Of course, other philosophers would say that there is a, a universal standard that we all should hold to, this moral uh, imperative that we may all have. But William Lane Craig argues that without God, that, that cannot possibly exist. There's, there's too many differences of opinion. We, we would not have a good standard. So faith in God is essential in some ways for us to do good. And as Christians, we would b- believe in the same thing, um, that without God, we cannot know what good is. We cannot know what love is. We cannot know what morality is without him. And without, so without God, we cannot know what true obedience is, what doing the right thing, the good thing actually is. So without God, there is no uh, basis of good and evil because morality just becomes subject, subjective. It's only in God we know love and we know good. We know what is right and wrong. So, actually, without faith in God, we cannot speak of love and obedience because we don't know what these things are without God. So, faith in God is essential, and and more importantly, it is our faith in Christ that is essential. Because as we've been learning throughout this letter, Jesus is the example we look to in how we are to live in this world, he has lived that perfect life as the Son of God. So we look to his example, what he has done, and we see that in his word that has been given to us. Um, he became flesh, he became one of us. And he came to show us through the teachings and through uh, his relationships. And we all see it before us. And we ultimately see it on what he has done for us on the cross. And so so that is why uh, the title of my message today is Faith Comes Before Everything, Faith Before Everything. And so that leads us to our first point, that faith in Christ is inseparable from loving others, but faith precedes loving others. To explain this, let's start from what I just talked about uh, a little bit earlier. First, as I mentioned, we see that when we have faith in Christ, we are reborn. We, are, we can overcome the world. And we have the, the testimony of God, which means that we are united with Christ. When we are, and, we, and when we are united with Christ, the passage, this passage that we've read says that we have life. So it is in Christ that we have life. So we have eternal life. And we are ultimately united with him. And verse 4 of our passage spells this out when it says, And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Now, again, we have the ability to overcome the world through our faith. And it's only, and, and it's only a result of our faith that we can overcome the world. When, when John talks about being born again and having faith, he's speaking of the Spirit moving in our hearts and giving us faith and, re- and regenerating us, giving us rebirth. So faith and rebirth, they, they, they are the same thing. They coincide with one another. It works hand in hand where the Spirit gives us rebirth and gives us faith. Without faith, there is no rebirth. Without rebirth, there is no faith. They are given together at the same time. And so what happens is that when we have faith, When we are reborn, the way we view the world changes completely. And this is how it allows us to love and obey. What we value changes. We see that Jesus is superior, as more valuable than anything in the world. And as a result, our values of what is important obviously change as well. So that's why faith is so crucial, so essential. That's what faith leads to. Faith leads to a change in our perspective, change in our values. It leads us to see Jesus as our treasure. He is worthy of our worship. He is deserving of all the glory. And we finally see him for his true beauty and worth. Basically, from and, and we can trace this back to what we learned in the book of Hebrews, Uh, in in that series, faith makes it so that we see Jesus is better. And that is why faith conquers the world. And so, like I mentioned before, this rebirth and faith is our testimony of God. It is a testimony of how God has been faithful to us and has poured his spirit upon us and has given us the eyes to see him. So, so what does this mean again to receive the testimony of God? So let me give an example. Um, I remember once when I was a church, when I was in church as a kid, we, we heard the testimony of someone who had really struggled, um, with an addiction to pornography. And it was one of the first times uh, that I had ever heard someone share so honestly about the struggle. And, And when I heard it, it really resonated with me. Um, and it, uh, had me examine our my own sin and my own struggles just witnessing someone be so vulnerable about their sin with uh lust and pornography and so um but it wasn't just me that was so convicted uh, others around us around me were were also convicted as well and so eventually what started was we we started a men's group and we started and we started to gather together and we started to really work on our sin struggles, and specifically uh struggles with lust and pornography. And so that's the power of a human testimony. And when we've no, we know this. We've seen testimonies in our church, and we know that many of us have been uh, really blessed by the testimony that have been given. And I'm sure that, um, yeah, many of you have felt the same way. But here John says that we also have the testimony of God, right? Not our own testimonies, but the testimony of God, which is better. Verse 9 says, if we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that he has borne concerning his son. So it is the testimony of God that convinces us, that speaks to us, and enlightens us to the truth of the gospel. It enlightens our minds and, and hearts. That's how powerful the spirit of God is. And that's what John is saying. And so we have that. We have the testimony of God. That has been given to us. And that is why we are reborn. And that is why our hearts and minds can change. And our hearts and minds wouldn't have changed without this testimony of God. So our values wouldn't have changed. Our world perspective wouldn't have changed unless we have been, unless we have been enlightened by the truth of the gospel, by his spirit. And so that is what the testimony of God does. And we needed this. We absolutely needed this because our sin prevents us from actually putting our faith in him. If we are left on our own to choose, we always choose wrong. So without his spirit, without that intervention from God, we would not have new birth. We would not have faith. Now, all this is important because loving others and and, and uh, being faithful to, to the Lord is not the same as saving faith. Of course, they go hand in hand in many ways, and they are inseparable. But again, they are still different. But again, one flows from the other. And, and in order to walk like Jesus, we need to first have faith in Jesus. To most of us, or maybe some of us, this may sound simple and obvious. You may have heard this before in some other message or some other uh, passage that you may have read or Bible study you may have attended, Um, and I'm sure you've heard this before, uh, especially if you've been a part of this community, but uh, this is oftentimes a mistake we make where we combine faith in Christ and love for people to mean the exact same thing. That faith really means faithfulness all the time, which includes love for people. So people make it so that it is uh, indistinguishable from one another sometimes. Saving, Saving faith and love for people. But there is a difference. And just because we have saving faith does not mean we will always love people. We should love people. But in many ways, we we don't and we're not going to be perfect at it and of course it is inseparable saving faith should lead to loving others but faithfulness is not saving faith faith leads to good deeds and faith leads us to love others like we see in 1st uh, John chapter 4 where it said we love because he first loved us we love others because we have received the love of Christ and we receive that then we have faith in him So a lot of this is not new. I I know this, but it is really important for us to spend time here explaining this because um, we need to know why faith comes first. And because it's important for us to know that uh, ultimately, even when we have faith, we are still prone to wander. We are prone to fall away. We are prone to sin. And ultimately, we are bound to fail. We are bound to fail in our love and obedience. It is inevitable. We are fallen people, and even after we have faith in Christ, we do not live perfect lives. We will fail. It won't be perfect. We won't reach the standards of what God desires of us. So as a result, what faith does is faith is what covers over all of our imperfections. So even if we fail to love, which we will do, Christ makes our imperfect things perfect. Christ is our perfect advocate. Back in 1 John 2, 1, let me read it first. John says, my little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And even in verse 18, it says of our passage, it says, we know that Everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning, but he who was born of God protects him, and the evil one does not touch him. Now we know that from first John chapter two that we don't actually stop sinning; we actually do continue to sin, but we are ultimately protected by Christ, and the evil one does not touch us even when we do sin. We are perfected by Christ, even when we don't love. The way we ought to love, and so that's the beauty of of believing in Christ and trusting in Christ. It's not thinking that we will be perfect when we believe in him, that we will be perfectly faithful to him when we have faith in him, but it is that he covers over all of our imperfections when we have faith in him, even when we fail and when when we fall away, we can turn back to him, we can return to him, he will redeem us always, He has forgiven us of our sins that we co- we will commit in the future. As well, not just the ones that we have committed now and in the past. That is the amazing truth about what Christ offers us and that we are perfected in him. Even when we don't do the things we ought to do. I want to share a story from an article um, that I read. Um, It describes how we all go through this period. Many of us go through this period where we don't feel like we are Christian enough. So let me read this for us. It'll take a few minutes. I could tell something was bothering my wife one evening. She was quieter than usual and didn't look at me as much. Finally, after the kids were put to bed, she said, I don't know what's wrong. What do you mean? I asked. Well, she said, I don't, I I just don't feel like a very good Christian. I wasn't sure what to say. I wanted to tell her that, of course, she was a wonderful Christian, but she didn't look like she was quite ready to believe that. So instead I asked, what do you think is making you feel like that? I haven't had a quiet time for a while, she confessed. After chasing two small kids all day, I feel wiped out. I'm too tired to read the Bible and pray. Mornings are crazy and the kids don't nap at the same time. Uh, So I haven't had devotions in weeks. I'm not even sure I have a relationship with God anymore. At a, a week later, at a small group meeting we attended, the group broke into small clusters for prayer. Karen intended to tell the two women she was with about her problem, but they mentioned their prayer request first. Both described haltingly how they didn't feel they were doing well with the Lord because they hadn't been having their quiet times. Karen was amazed. So it's not just me, she said to me on the way home. No, it wasn't just her. That week I had written in my journal, Lord, I want to live more simply as Jesus did. But I love money as much as anyone. I should be out ministering in some way, maybe at the nursing home, but I haven't, I haven't got going. I haven't been reading my Bible and praying like I should. I want to lead family devotions on Sunday nights, but I've been so sporadic lately. I feel like I've failed you. The more I get to know committed Christians, the more I find many of them wrestling with an affliction I call not feeling like a very good Christian. They feel they haven't done quite enough to genuinely please God. Most people won't admit the struggle until you get to know them well. But I've come to the conclusion that it's probably one of the most common yet least talked about maladies in the spiritual life. Now, uh, I can relate to this story. I know some of us will probably be able to relate to this as well. There are times where we feel like we're we've not been good Christians. We haven't done enough. But ultimately, that is the reality of our shortcomings. That is the reality of our sins. We will fail. We will not be on top of our spiritual disciplines at all times. And we won't love another, won't love one another like we should all the time, but that doesn't make us. But that is not what makes us a good Christian. What makes us a good Christian is do we trust in Jesus? And even the quality of our faith isn't necessarily our doing. It's actually the work of the Spirit that gives us the faith and begin. And that is how it starts to begin with. Also. So none of it is really us. It's all God, and it's his grace that has been given to us. And that is how we receive faith, this testimony of God. Of course, there are more things we could always do. Of course, there are things we could possibly do to be better about our, reading, about our Bible readings, our quiet times, our devotionals, serving at church, going to life groups. Um, these, are, these are things that are so important, but they don't put us right with God. God is not more pleased with us when we love and obey him. No, even the the good things we do, they're not going to be good enough. They are going to be corrupted in some way. They're, They're not perfect. We have ulterior motives oftentimes when we do good things. Excuse me. But it is all perfected in Christ. So this feeling that we have of not feeling, excuse me, So this feeling that we have of not feeling like we're good Christians, it's actually us trusting in ourselves and trusting in our good deeds to validate our faith or to affirm our faith. When instead, there's nothing we can do to actually validate our faith. What matters is our hearts. What do our hearts believe? What is in our hearts Faith comes from our hearts and we need to turn to Christ and ask him to instill in us faith because we are ultimately imperfect. But Christ perfects our faith and he perfects our actions and he makes it all possible. Lastly, um, the second half of this passage, we see um, this word "no" occur seven times from verses thirteen to twenty-one. We know that Jesus is the Son of God, and we know that His promises are true, and that even in our failures, He makes things perfect. So this gives us assurance and confidence. So faith gives us assurance, and at the very end of this letter, in verse twenty-one, it says, "Little children." Keep yourselves from idols. It is a call for perseverance to continue to stay away from these idols. Resist temptation and persevere and do not let the world infiltrate your thinking and corrupt you or corrupt your heart more specifically. We have assurance because we know that Christ is who he says he is and that he has saved us. And so the author John is saying to us, use the assurance we have gained. You know the truth. You know what God has done for you. You know his promises and continue to be steadfast in him. Remember, know him. Assurance is what gives us this perseverance. Assurance of faith is what allows us to continue to walk like Jesus. Continue to resist temptation to resist idols to resist the evil one and to not fall away but to persevere and to continue on in our faith so without faith a lot of us will go up and down so much in our walk with Christ and this come and all this ultimately comes from our faith in Jesus and faith in his word that keeps us grounded that keeps us firm in him we live out our christian life by faith by trust by remembering his promises not based on how we feel cuz how we feel like i said it goes up up goes up and down all the time we 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 don't trust in our own ability to stay faithful we instead trust in god's goodness his character and his promises so we don't base our feelings on uh, our faith on how we feel or our feelings because our feelings are are fickle we change how we feel our moods can change sporadically a lot of that is just a chemical makeup of our our minds and and we cannot control that in many ways they are unreliable they're corruptible when we um live based on our feelings we live more selfishly for the most part. Our feelings are what lead us to worship idols and instead of the true God which is based on the truth of of who he is and what he's done for us we have assurance because we can trust in him when we have faith in Christ he gives us assurance and we remember who he is and that his word never fails and, and and his reign will never end because we know What Jesus has done for us we know the victory that we have in him because of what Christ has done for us on the cross when he um, as a as a man and as God uh, suffered on the cross and took the penalty of our sins and resurrected from the grave we saw the truth we saw the truth that Jesus has forgiven us of our sins that he has redeemed us that we have been made right with God the Father and that is now forever. So we are, we have that truth. We have that assurance. And that is what we have faith in. That is what we believe in. That is what we hold on to. And so faith comes before everything. Even, uh, and even our faith in Christ comes from the work of his Holy Spirit in us. When we have faith in him, we put our full trust in Christ and and as John is calling us to obey and love, we realize that we can't love and obey perfectly. We we know we can't do that. That is impossible. We fail in doing so. And, and John knows that here in our passage. So he says we have the testimony of God who is the son of God who saved us. We have Christ who perfects our faith, who perfects our actions. And that is why John can say we we no longer can we no longer sin of course we do sin but we no longer sin because we are perfected in Christ and we begin to love and we begin to obey and even when we fail in our obedience even when we fail in our love Christ perfects it so may that give us assurance now to trust him and to persevere in our faith and to continue to love, continue to obey. Again, faith is tied together with love and obedience. Faith means that we love and obey better. But that doesn't mean we do it perfectly. But it means we get better at it. And it means that we seek to do it more and more. And it means that we put our trust in Christ more and more. It means more and more that he perfects us. So may we persevere in that. May we be steadfast in that. Because we know the truth. We know what Christ has done for us. And we know that that victory is forever and everlasting. So as John continues to say, let us love one another and walk in obedience. Because even in our imperfection, we can walk like Jesus. We can walk like him, not uh, imitating him perfectly. But we do so by trusting him. By faith. So may we have faith. May we trust that much more here today because without this faith in him we lose it all include we, lo- we lose it all including our ability to love others so brothers and sisters here this morning may you trust in the lord may you have faith in him because that is where it starts that is where it begins because you're perspective on life changes. Your perspective of the world changes. You you realize that Jesus is superior, that he is better. And so you walk in obedience with him. You walk uh, like him and and you love others like he has called us to do as well. So if you haven't done so already, please put your trust and faith in him. And if you feel like your walk with Jesus is not indicative of his, obe- of his commandments and you're not being obedient to him. Take this time to put your faith in him and to trust in him and be renewed by his spirit. And even if you said you've, you've done so before, we are prone to wander. We are prone to walk away. There are seasons in our life where we, we lack faith in him, where we don't trust in him. Take this time again to pray and ask him to instill in you the faith. May you be reborn of God here today it truly is the better way. Jesus is better. Life in him is so much better because we have true hope. We have true peace. We have true love. No matter what happens in this world, we have assurance in him. So I pray and hope all of you, brothers and sisters, can experience and feel that and know that here this morning. So let me pray for us to close and may we ask the Lord to pour his spirit upon us. Let's bow our heads together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that uh, we get to experience your grace and your love here. Lord, we know this by your truth that you have given to us by your word and what Jesus has done, his work on the cross, his resurrection, the life that he has lived. And so, Lord, may we put our full faith in that, in Christ, that he is our Lord, that he is our Savior because that is what changes our lives that is what changes our hearts that is what leads us to obedience that is what leads us to love others that we no longer become so selfish in our ways but now we can begin to be selfless but lord we also know that we won't be perfect in this we are imperfect lord even after we have faith in you and so god uh may you continue to work in our hearts work in, work in us and do your do your uh do, your spirit to to move powerfully in us, to change us, to transform us, help us to repent of our sins on a daily basis. Because, Lord, we truly need you. And without you, we cannot do anything of worth, anything good. So, God, uh, that is our prayer this morning. And we pray that we would truly have saving faith here. Lord, we know that uh, trying to be obedient and loving you, Lord, that is not what true saving faith is because, Lord, it has to start with our trust in you. So may it begin with that. May we trust in you and your son, Jesus Christ. Help us, O Lord, here this morning. Help us, O Lord, to be obedient to you as well, because we have this amazing truth of Christ. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you, brothers and sisters, and hope to see you again soon. Have a great week.